0: We'll be talking about a topic that we've titled COVID Heart and our purpose for kind of the name behind it and what we intended for this to be is that, you know, during COVID times, we we can think questioning everything and, you know, ringing alarm bells is the right thing to do at particular moments. And we all have our opinions and we all have our disagreements about particular decisions and particular concerns that have been uh, happening. And perhaps you even may refer to some Bible verses and say, well, Jesus kind of did the same the same thing. And the example that you might give and say is, well, Jesus would shut down the Pharisees when they said something wrong, or Jesus overturned the tables within the temple. And some people today are in a state where they're expressing opinions, they, they want to take action and do what they think is right in their own eyes, and they just want to react in a diff, in, in difficult time. And a big question that these people tend to ask, a lot of them, um, a lot of us included in that, is why should I obey authority figures? Or why shouldn't I obey authority figures? And we a lot of the time we act based on emotion and we don't need to because the Bible is actually clear on a lot of these things that we're dealing with today. So a question is, How can we as Christians during this difficult time react how Jesus would react and did react? Um, So for tonight, guys, let's put aside all conspiracies. Let's put aside all opinions, political alignments, and even TikTok explanations. Um, Put everything aside and let's look at our reference book. And that is the Bible. And let's see what the Bible has to say about a lot of these different things. So... The first question that I'll ask to you, Dave, is during COVID or during lockdown times, are we allowed to have an opinion on what we think is right and wrong? Sure.
1: Um, A a wise man once said that, uh, you know, there's no such thing as free will, there's only your will and uh, that um, your will is constantly being, uh, like, bartered for and, and, and like, you know like people are always trying to fight for your opinion and for your um allegiance and things like that uh and i think that we're seeing that now more than ever uh just a simple thing of like putting on a mask suddenly has become a political statement um whether or not you stand up for a you know the black lives matter protests for example instead of it being something that's just like a justice uh, movement and, and like you know trying to fight for justice became very polarized and and people had very different like skewed opinions based on like completely different other kind of issues and, and considerations including COVID um, as you mentioned conspiracy theories about you know COVID is not that big of a deal and people want to control you or whatever else and subjugate you and hide you free so the, there's a lot of opinions and a lot of Um, things around. And and here's the thing, that's not new. Like this is something we feel it more now than ever. It's heightened more now than ever. Um, But this is not new. It's constantly happening to us every single day for various different uh, topics and issues. Um, And yeah, like, uh, I think what the Bible has to say about this is that um, opinions are not facts. um, And truth, truth, is objective, that there is an objective truth. There is the ability to get to the objective truth. Um, And then the surprising thing, and I think a lot of people would kind of agree with that, that, you know, your opinion, you need to go to facts uh, and and that's where you'll find the truth. And that, like, I think that's pretty reasonable for most people. But then the surprising thing that the Bible then goes on to claim is that uh, God is the origin of truth. Um, And that regardless of, the spin or the uh motivations or or the desires or whatever else it is that that we want to instinctively feel uh you've got to always go back to god to see if if your thoughts your attitudes um and even the facts align with um you know what what you're going to do about it what about you what do you reckon
0: yeah i i 100 agree with what you said and i have two kind of thing two verses that come to my mind and i'll explain them in a second but firstly galatians 1 and that says am i now trying to win the approval of human beings or of god or am i trying to please people if i still try to please people i would not be a servant of christ and then proverbs 18 2 says fools find no pleasure in understanding but delight in airing their own opinions hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that are you doing so are you going to social media or are you popping your head in and out of what's happening in the news and trying to keep up with the latest of everything that is happening in the world in order to to gain the approval of others or are you trying to gain the approval of Christ because they're two completely different things but sometimes you can be mistaken in linking the two together mm. um, and you get kind of lost within Uh, You try to justify your actions as if you're doing it for God, but you never actually refer to what the Bible has has to say. And we kind of get selfish. We we tend to do this for our own pleasure and the pleasure of others as well, to air out our own opinions, as the Bible um, has to say. And I think that's the real danger here is that, you know, we can sear our conscience with a hot iron, as the Bible says. Um, So just that that point that i would like to make towards that
1: you know it's interesting because i come at again you know like in the context of coronavirus and and the mounting like discontent um in victoria where we are but also across the world places like america um in the face of all of this like kind of frustration and uh annoyance and and like you know the, the inconvenience of what what's happening in the world and and, and, and it's significant impacts on people, psychologically, economically, like, you know, it's, it's having major, major impacts. Um, in the face of all of that, uh, you get like, it, it, we tend to, the world tends to really, we as human beings love to take sides, right? Yeah. And so a lot of like major issues tend to become boiled down to like two sides a lot of the time. And in this context, it's like, screw, you know, this situation and let, let's get out of it. And like, screw the the government and, and, and all the whatever, you know, the, the restrictions and this and that. But there's also the other side, which is equally polarized and equally like fanatical sometimes, which is like, you know, shut up and wear a mask and stay indoors and you're an idiot if you don't and all these kinds of things. And, um, and the, I think the Christian worldview is shut up, don't say anything go to the Bible, see what God's heart is and, and his, uh, like what his attitude, literally what would Jesus do? Right. Those, those bands that people used to wear. And then, and then that's your opinion, right. That becomes your, and then you air that opinion with grace, with love, um, and with integrity. Um, uh, and, and if you can't do that, then keep your mouth closed. Um, uh, so you know and I come at this being a doctor and being someone who is seeing stuff and 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 like um my I have a lot of conversations each day with people about like the pandemic and stuff and I do hear a lot of different opinions and and like you said we're not going to go into conspiracy theories we're not going to go into uh like actual facts and, and stuff about this this uh, topic, but we want to, yeah, as you said, address it from the Christian perspective, as a Christian, what do we do? Um, And, and as a Christian, I have heard both sides. I have heard people say, we've got to, you know, just like obey the government or whatever else and, and, and think of others. And then I've also heard the other side, which is the government's overreaching and uh, you know, especially with the issue about like not allowing to congregate in churches Um, uh, some quite prominent pastors in America have released uh, letters to their congregation saying, screw the government, we're going to meet, the government can't keep us from meeting together as as the body of Christ. And it's not the government's right to say what we're allowed to do as a church. And and that's God's domain and things like that. And I I don't want to like say anyone specific because I don't want it to be like a polarizing or controversial thing, but um, yeah, I find it fascinating that uh, you want to have these really strong opinions, and yet no one really is like sitting down and I think approaching it the way, or at least that I've seen. I'm, I'm sure if you asked these pastors, they would they would say that I'm an idiot. But I don't think I've seen them approach it from the perspective of what would Jesus do in this situation. Um, and yeah, I I I wonder. What do you reckon? Uh, like, first of all, how do we figure that out how do we figure out what would jesus do in this situation and then what do you think jesus would do in this situation
0: you highlighted a important point dave when you mentioned um you know being being quiet and kind of evaluating where you are at this current point um and i think it's our job as christians um, as it says in, in james 1 to be slow to speak and slow to get angry you know um be quick to listen. You know, you can hear what's happening, but what comes out of your mouth needs to be rested on. What comes of your mouth needs to be brought before God and have the time for you to kind of evaluate what's going on before you jumping to conclusions, before you, um, you know, getting opinionated and becoming strongly attached to a certain opinion that you don't even know might be wrong. You know, um, you don't have all the facts, you don't have all the answers, just like I perhaps don't have all the facts and all the answers. So you have to come at it from a point of humility that I, I know not enough. <laughs> um, only God knows as much as he knows. And we know that there's evil in the world, uh, whether we know it or whether we don't know it, but evil does exist. Um, but that doesn't mean that God is not intervening. Um, Satan, yes, is roaming the earth. But also it's God's grace that stops him from doing, you know, all the damage that is going to happen one day when uh, the Christians are taken up. But as for now, God's spirit is still on the earth. And I trust that, you know, God is going to have his protecting hand over uh, the church and over his people. And, you know, yes, we can't meet at churches, but what is the church? The church is not about a physical building. It's not about, you know, having attendance in a physical place yes a part of it is that but it's not the most important element the most important element is exactly what we're doing here is to you know be with each other over a zoom meeting perhaps so yes it's a frustrating time but for every difficult situation there's also a a reaction from us and it doesn't have to be one of anger doesn't have to be one of frustration at all it just has to be one of Sometimes thinking outside the box and starting a Zoom meeting for our church. Um, So there's definitely ways around it. Um, And yeah, let's not let's not jump to conclusions
1: here. Mm. Well, yeah, I you mentioned some like uh, you know good points about you know it's about thinking about well what what is God's will in this circumstance. I might not be able to change the circumstance. Um, So what's God's will? And, and you mentioned that, you know, clearly it sounds like your attitude is more about making the most of the situation while not uh, like necessarily like having an uprising or whatever. Um, uh, What made you come to that conclusion? What made you come to that decision? Why is that the better approach Um, as opposed to an uprising saying peace out?
0: Yeah. So I, I was actually going to touch on this a little bit later, but I, My reference point is Romans 13, 1 to 7, and that's the title literally of that is Submission to Governing Authorities. And I'll read read the, the seven verses. It says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against God, what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will, not, and you will be commended. For there is the one in authority in God's servant for your good. But if you're doing wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, and bring punishment on wrongdoers. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to authorities, not only because of possible punishments, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes for the authorities are God's servants, who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. Um, and I like that because it kind of simplifies thing of like the which side thing that you were referring to earlier, Of which sides um, do you want to take? You know, we are, we are told here to obey the government in everything and paying taxes and the laws and showing respect. And if we don't, we're ultimately, you know, showing disrespect towards God because he's the one that placed the government over us. Um, when the apostle Paul um, wrote to the Romans, he was under the government of Rome during the reign of um, a guy called Nero. And he was perhaps the, one of the most evil of all, of all the Roman emperors. Um, but Paul still recognized the Roman government still rule over him. And who are we to do any less in, in our daily lives? Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I was having this conversation earlier this week and, uh, Um, with a Christian friend of mine, and his uh, question to me was, where do you draw the line? Like, is it when they uh, tell you you can't have a Zoom meeting for your church? Or is it when they tell you that you can't meet in person at your church? Or is it when they shoot people in churches? Like, where is it that you draw the line? And uh, I told him that um, the line is drawn, uh, we do not draw the line. Uh, that God is the one who draws on. the line uh, the, the thing that comes to mind um, is uh, in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, um, Daniel and uh, the Israelites were taken as exiles to Babylon, and um, everything that they knew uh, and their religion, their their way of life, their very names, who they were, their ability to even reproduce, they became eunuchs, it was all changed. It was all turned upside down. And they were told that this is now your new home. Um, and even though we've like essentially destroyed you and your identity and your way of life, we expect you to serve the king. Um, and Daniel and his closest friends were were taken to be like uh, trained up to be the king's advisors. And, you know, it's if we were writing this as a movie, uh, the way we would probably write it is uh, Daniel and his friends would start to like create this like pocket resistance uh, coming up with a way to fight against the evil empire who took them over and bring them down from within. But that's not the story of the book of Daniel. The story of the book of Daniel is how Daniel and his friends literally do the best that they can. In fact, save the king, uh, several kings um, on several occasions um, and provide good counsel and advice um, uh, precisely because they want to honor God even though these are kings who don't obey God, don't love God. Um, and they do it because they see that God has placed them there. Um, and But then there are moments where they're told to bow down to the king. They're told to uh, eat things that aren't consistent with the laws that God has given them or to, uh, um, to, 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 to worship or, or whatever else. And, and these are moments where they then see the line is very clear, that they cannot cross it. Um, and you'd think, well, what's worse? Like serving the king, you know, faithfully, or, or just like eating a bit of meat sacrificed to an idol? or whatever. Like what's worse? But the idea is they knew where the line was based off of their relationship with God and uh And then, when they upheld that line, it always ended in even more good, not just to themselves, not just they got saved, but they actually saved and changed the the kingdom that they were in um, to the point where a couple of those kings even declared God Yahweh as the real god and that is that is to me the image that then Paul talks about and and many of the apostles talk about when they talk about this idea of us being. Um, strangers in a strange land or or exiles or, or or ambassadors from heaven temporarily here on earth like this is the image is that we are here on this earth for the good of this earth but we are here for the true king um jesus um and and to uphold what he upholds so it's not about and 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 if you have a look throughout history you will see this uh, people like Martin Luther King Jr, people like even Gandhi, even though he wasn't a Christian. But these people, they recognized a higher ideal, a higher truth of, uh, and a higher set of values that you, know, that, you know, for example, you know, that all men are created equal and that racial injustice is not right and, and subjugation and persecution of people isn't right. And you know what they did? They did not go around trying to kill or trying to bring down the government or trying to whatever. What they did was they, they laid down their lives, they surrendered themselves to this ideal, and, and in the case of Martin Luther King, to, to the ideals of, of his king, Jesus, and uh, they changed the world. Um, and, and I think when I look at this circumstance, this scenario, the question that I ask is, in what way does God want me to surrender, right? Like, it's not about what do I need to stand up for? It's about what do I need to surrender in so that then God can shine through um and and so that's to me where it comes like well i need to surrender for the sake of others right like you know i might not like being in isolation and and whatever else but uh i know that potentially it could save people's lives and so i have to surrender right it doesn't matter about the politics it doesn't matter about the rhetoric it doesn't matter who's saying what or if they've made. Uh, bad decisions in the past, or if they 've stuffed up or whatever else, the question is what can I do to help others um, and, and how can I surrender to the will of God, and therefore um, what 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 action am I going to take and, and that action is I think as a Christian always want to surrender uh, and it 's not surrender to the world or to to governments it 's surrender to God um, but but as you said, a lot of the time God actually asks us to surrender to the ruling authorities because he says that he is he instilled them and he authorizes them which can be a challenging thing to think about but um but it's there it's you just read it um so yeah yeah yeah
0: i think it's also it's backed up and like you you spoke there of the example in daniel but there's also other examples in the bible as well such as peter and john and um, what happened with them in Acts. Um, i read a very small part from, from Acts 5, to 29, which highlights pretty much what you just said in a later part of, of the Bible context. Um, and when they had brought them, they sent them before the council and the high priest questioned them saying, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name, um, obviously God. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and have intended to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. Um, so again, here we see like it's it's clear, as long as the law of the land does not contradict the law of God, we must be bound to obey the law of the land. Um, and, and to me, that's, that's the way it is, as long as there's no contradiction. But as soon as the law of the land contradicts God's commandments, we are then able to actually disobey the law of the land and obey God's law. Mm. Uh, but even mm. though in that circumstance, um, uh, when, when, when this happened, it, it was demonstrated by the fact that Peter and John, they didn't even protest being flogged, which happens later, but they actually rejoiced in the midst of their suffering and and obeyed God. That's so true. even when something difficult is going on around you, you're still obeying to the laws of the land, even when there is a disagreement you submit yourself and you put your your physical life on the line and you Mm. die for christ Um, that's right
1: disobedience disobedience does not equal um like an active rebellion in the sense of like harming seeking to harm others or seeking to bring down a system or whatever but rather it is it is saying no like and drawing that line and, and letting you know your your Self, be committed to that stance uh, based on your convictions um, in what God has to say about it, and then accepting the consequences. Um, and it is through that. I actually uh, remember hearing something, I can't remember where I heard it, but I, I, I promise I heard it. Um, uh, someone said that um, a, a, a violent revolution, um, and there have been many violent revolutions throughout the history of the world, a violent revolution is less likely to lead to long lasting change than a peaceful revolution, i.e. like something like the civil rights movement or or what Gandhi did um, uh, in India. So the, the idea is instilled in the very nature and fabric of like how we as human beings respond to conflict, we are more likely to take notice and more likely to actually follow through um, with change when it is done peacefully respectfully and with conviction to the point where you're willing to lay down your life for your conviction Mm -hmm. right and um and i yeah so i think um uh the other point that i guess is important to make here is that the like because going back to like how do you know where that line is right like how do you know what is it is worth standing up for and what's not worth standing up for. And like, is it wrong that we're not meeting face to face? Like, is this good enough? Because a lot of people will say, no, this is not good enough. Right. So how do you know that line? And, um, and, and I think uh, the apostle Paul talks about it in, in uh, Romans 12 verses one and two. He says, uh, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual uh, worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, it is in the process of continually laying ourselves down at at God's feet and and saying it's a spiritual act of worship. My act of worship is to draw near to God, to give him all the glory, honor, praise, uh, both like up here as well as with my actions and and my motivations and it's in that continual dying in that spiritual act of worship that i draw near to him that i know him and then when i know him i'm transformed right and so this this thing right here which is like we said before you know free will no such thing as free will it's just will that's trying to be manipulated by all these different sources so this thing that's trying to be manipulated by media or by you know whatever like my friends or my family or, or who i'm listening to this thing stops becoming manipulated by all those things and it starts to become manipulated and changed and transformed and renewed by god um, and so it's it's through the act of uh obedience and sacrifice and and giving God that that worship through every aspect of my life, that you draw near to him, that you become in deeper relationship with him. And then that's the thing that changes you, that allows you to know his will, um, and 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 to be able to follow his will as well. So every Christian that wants to speak on behalf of God's will um and, and who's who's so confident to know what God wants, really you 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 know you have to if you know them well enough, you have to ask, are they someone who is continuously laying down their lives at the feet of Jesus? Um, and if they are, then fair enough, you could potentially trust what they have to say. Um, but if not, uh, well, I mean, we only, we can't be passive. We all have to be doing this ourselves. We can't depend on other people um, uh, exclusively. It's, it's important to get opinions and advice and to have a multitude of different uh, counselors But uh, but also the responsibility is on the individual, each of us, to come before God, to sacrifice, lay down our lives, and to to be transformed by Him. So we know we know what He wants.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And you you spoke about the heart for a second there, Dave. And what the Bible tells us about the heart, for example, in Proverbs twenty one two, it says, "All deeds are right in the sights of the doer, but the Lord weighs the heart." So I can I can do something that's right within my eyes, but that doesn't mean that it's what God has in store, um, and uh, the word feelings is used too much in Christianity these days, and I do not like it um, because it's not about feelings. If you come to church and you get a feeling of something, that doesn't matter. It's what the Bible says. Um, it's not. It's not about goosebumps on your arm and about a certain shivering that you get of being in the presence of God. No, um, that's all great and well, but that's not anything Um, you can't base God on feelings Um, Jeremiah 17 says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure who can understand it the heart is beyond cure you can't you can't change how it is Um, and it's deceitful and it's going to trick you Um, what you're feeding into your mind is going to go straight to your heart and you're just lying to yourself from here to here and here to here um, so we have to really be alert, and how we be alert is by spending time with God regularly every single day. Um, if you're reading your Bible every second day, it's not good enough, um, and that's not that's not an opinion. This is this is the truth. If you want what God wants, you have to be desiring Him. You have to be seeking Him on a, a, a daily basis. And it sounds harsh, and, but it, that's the reality. Um, so, so, yeah, don't, don't trust your feelings, um, but trust what the Bible has to say.
1: Yeah. And um, on that, I think as well, uh, you know, th- that's exactly what Jesus did. Like what we're talking about here is not just like, you know, this is what we think or whatever. This is what Jesus did. Um, he, his whole life was in surrender to the Father and the will of the Father. There was nothing that he did that was based on his own thoughts, his own emotions, his own attitude or whatever else. In fact, uh, in the Garden of Gethse- Gethsemane, when he's about to face the cross, his his, his feeling was, I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to die. Um, and, uh, and so what he had to do was he had to surrender. And he had to say, no, not my will, but the Father's. Um, and uh, so... Like, and again, this, this, this theme of surrender in the Bible um, uh, from the very beginning to the very end, um, we, as we, as people who follow Jesus, um, we're called, as Jesus himself says, if you want to follow me, you have to take up your cross daily um, and mm-hmm. you you have to be willing to lay down your life because it's in that ac- action of laying down your life that you actually find it. And I think that's what we see in a situation like the coronavirus. It's when you lay down your own desire and your well-being for the sake of others. When you deny yourself of things that would otherwise be, you know, very natural and normal, but you 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 lay it down for the sake of the good of other people. That's how you get through something like this quicker and more successfully, right? Um, it's countries that did not want to lay down there and did not want to help their poorest and their weakest and their most vulnerable people that ended up seeing both the most economic hardship, but more importantly, also the most deaths and fatalities. And so the idea is the way to get through any challenge in our life is to surrender to Jesus. What is my cross here? What do you want me to take up? Um, And then, Uh, to take that cross and to be willing to accept whatever may come as a result of that cross all for the sake of others and for the glory of God, just as Jesus himself did. Um, And yeah, so I think that's the way I view our current circumstance.
0: Um, I know we're running out of time, but I just wanted to to share two more verses before um, I'll hand it over to you, Dave, if you want to give any last thoughts. Um, an encouragement to anyone who feels discouraged during this time, guys, or anyone feeling a sense of fear or a sense of unrest. The Bible is very clear on this. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, The Lord himself goes, goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Um, God is the creator of the earth and he's always going to be by your side. Second um, Corinthians 12.9 says, But he says to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Um, Just the last thing that I wanted to say is um, that we are all weak and that we are all lacking and that we are all struggling, even though we have our opinions and we're so certain that our, our opinion is right. Um, at the end of the day bring it before god and have a moment between you and god Um, at the end of the day it's what the bible says it's not your opinion Um, so bring it to god because his grace is sufficient and he's made perfect in your weakness our human um, weakness Um, dave did you have any last thoughts about
1: just, just to reinforce that, like, before you take up any cause, before you take on any opinion, no matter how righteous or how, like, convinced of the truth you are, just reflect not from your own eyes and your own perspective, reflect from the point of view of, of God and, and what Jesus would do in this situation. And if you're not sure, then it probably means that you need to surrender more to him it means you need to draw nearer to him Um, and if you are sure maybe double check with a few other people who are christians um, and see whether or not they agree and and it's in line and and if there's conflict have a healthy debate have a healthy discussion about uh, why you disagree and and then uh, see what comes up afterwards Um, and and what kind of uh, uh, you know outcome uh, or, or like decision is made Um, And it's okay to not agree, by the way, like, you know, some of my uh, close friends, uh, you know, and and people who I've been talking to, um, they don't see things my way, even though I I love them dearly. And I know they love me. Um, uh, But, you know, um, yeah, I think that there still is truth. Um, and it's tempting to say that I know the truth and no one else does, but ultimately, whether it's me or the other person, there is objective truth, and that objective truth always originates and comes from God. Um, Yeah, I guess we'll end it there, unless anyone has any questions that they want to post in the chat that we can address. If not, I will pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for uh, the opportunity that we had to um, talk about this. And and um, Lord, it's a difficult time in the world. Um, we know that you're in control. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about the political landscape. It doesn't matter about the economic landscape. It doesn't matter about, um, you know, all the crisis and crises that are hitting the world now. We know that you're in control. Um, Lord, we just want your peace and we want your wisdom as we approach our day-to-day lives, Lord. Um, We ask for protection and for your grace, um, not just over us, not just over your people, but over the whole world, Lord, Um, that you would, you would, you would be with those who need you the most, Lord. And, and would you please reveal yourself during these times, Lord? Um, And would you help your people seek you first and foremost, rather than any desire or, or, you know, um, inclination they might have, would they would they be willing to surrender to you and your will above them and their own will? In Jesus, name we pray.